Welcome to another edition of the podcast. I'm your host, Brian. Well, first and foremost, I want to say congratulations for most of you finishing this school year. I know many of us are looking forward to a summer break. So now that we've reached the end, it's good to look back and reflect, but it's also good to let go. And as I look back on my year, personally, something that I want to do is to let go of many things, both emotionally, but also in the physical sense. I'm talking about clutter. I inherited another classroom this year, which was one of many challenges. And this classroom came with a lot of clutter. As I end the year, I look back and most of that clutter had no purpose. It had no value. So what did I do with it? I got rid of it. I spent the day decluttering because after a what I hope to be a very positive summer vacation, I don't want to go back to my classroom when the back-to-school signs are all out and see a lot of clutter and junk and just stuff left over from this past year that I didn't really use. You know, clutter really kills creativity and serves no real value to you or your students. The minimalism movement is growing and teachers like you and me can use its core principles to have an improved classroom environment. It's simply getting rid of things you do not use or need, leaving an uncluttered, simple environment to where you can focus on things that really matter in your class. It's lower in stress. It's less expensive, less time wasted looking for things. Students will tell you that you have a very calm environment. So why not use the end of the year or maybe even the beginning, depending on when you're listening to this, just to get rid of things in our classroom that are serving no real value. And it's just stuff. And that's what this episode is about. Let it go. And I think this will hopefully give you some motivation to maybe get rid of some stuff that's been accumulating in your classroom for a long period of time. I want to read this blog post here that you might be able to relate to. It's called Tiny Houses and the Quest to Declutter. And I want to read this first part here, and I'll include the blog at the show notes. But this is her words, and see if it's something you can relate to. As I prepared for my first year teaching, the envisioning of classroom decor was a source of regular joy. Online, I'd pre-use inspirational posters, mainly featuring vintage books overlaying with tidy poetry quotes. Exact phrasing varied. Naturally, I overbought. Said motivational posters were laminated, along with prefab poster lists of prepositions, other wall-sized montages to remind students of more obscure parts of speech metaphorical layouts of generic structure. Though it didn't belong to me, I once saw a glossy print of essay by the way of cheeseburger, bottom bun, the introduction, mayonnaise, the transitions, etc. My first classroom was covered in such paraphernalia, and that doesn't even account for the bulletin boards and calendars. I thought it looked great. It didn't. After just three weeks of classes, my small corner of the school looked like the 13-year-olds I taught chaotic. Stacks and stacks of papers were all over my desk. Handouts, reminders, papers to grade, graded papers to return, paperwork for the office, attendant sheets to sign. Eighth graders also have a stunning propensity for forgetting things, forgetting to return their textbooks to the bookshelf, forgetting to throw their shredded notebook scraps away, forgetting to pick up their pencils, forgetting to discard their illegal gums wrapper. Just crap everywhere, folks. 
and with all the clashing colors and boxed information fighting for attention on every available wall surface, the square room felt so crushingly out of control. Next door taught the high school English teacher. She was a veteran, a bona fide legend at that tiny rural school. She also had absolutely nothing on her walls. Not one thing. She put up a tiny little curtain over the sole window and occasionally posted unusually neat and thoughtful work from students in the upper corner of the whiteboard. Some might call it sterile, but compared to the explosion of junk happening next door, visiting her room felt like a short jaunt at a high-end spa. My mind could quiet down. It could focus. After that first year, I learned, and with each subsequent year, I put less up on the walls. My mom helped me pick out artwork that could double as writing prompt material, and we had them dry-mounted. Charles Russell, William Turner, Ansel Adams. There were several years where those were the only white wall space interrupters. Not one of my first-year students said anything memorable about all the clutter I pampered the room with, but I had several subsequent students thank me for the simplicity of the space and even more who would contemplate the artwork and occasionally offer deep insights into its merits or not. That got me to thinking about my own classroom. You know, you have a lot of stuff that's just sitting there not getting used by you. It's not getting used by your students. And it's just clutter. It's not bringing any value to anyone but just sitting there. You know that feeling you get when you clean your house and everything is put into place and you throw away a lot of stuff and it just feels like ah, that sense of accomplishment? Or you clean up the yard or you clean up your car and throw away those McDonald's bags and drink cups and whatever you have, candy wrappers and such. And it's like, wow, I just feel so much calmer now that I have a clean car. Well, for too many teachers out there, and, and yours truly, we have too much stuff in our classrooms that are just sitting there and not getting used. So I want to encourage you as we approach the end of the year to reevaluate what is bringing value to your classroom and what's just sitting there. And I think you're going to find that you'll be able to appreciate having more space less clutter and I think that will help bring some peace of mind. It goes back to something I talked on a previous episode. Always clean your desk. Who wants to start off their morning coming in with papers everywhere and coffee cups and just junk all over your desk? There's something to be said about coming to a clean, organized desk and let's just not make it our desk. Let's just make it the whole entire classroom. And that includes the computer in your classroom. Some of you can't find things in your computers because you have icons and bookmarks and documents everywhere, and you need to declutter and simplify what is on your computer. So let's head towards the path of the minimalist teacher and some of the strategies that have brought value to me, and possibly, hopefully, they may even bring some value to you. All right, it's the end of the year, and it's time to clean up your room and especially if you're changing classrooms this is a great opportunity to do these exercises and here they are first thing i want you to do is to make five piles or five areas of the classroom and have boxes in these areas you can have tupperware boxes whatever is best for you but the first one will be trash 
things that you know you just want to get rid of. They're just taking up space that bring no value to you, your students, or really anyone. And I encourage you, of course, to be environmentally responsible and recycle things that can be recycled, paper shred, but just get rid of the trash, things that are just taking up space and bring no value to anyone. And you want to get rid of those things at the end of the year. Number two is the cell pile. Now, this is pretty neat because imagine the cell stack or a box of stuff in your cell uh, Tupperware container that you're thinking about selling that you don't use anymore. You can actually turn that stuff and turn it into cash money. Yes, people will actually pay you for those things. They're just collecting dust that you don't need. And you can use the money to for debt, for something nice, just because a gift for someone special, whatever you want to use it for. But the, the point is you're getting rid of stuff that has no purpose in your classroom and you're turning it into money. Man, I was really surprised when I did this, how much I was able to to bring into my life. And so get rid of the clutter. Let it go. Give it to someone who will actually pay you money for it. And I know some of you are like, well, I won't get the full investment I paid for it. Let it go. You're not going to get the full investment. It's okay. So if you can make money, great, but also have another stack to where maybe you don't want to go through eBay or Craigslist or yard sales and you just want to donate it, donate it to Goodwill or to another teacher who could use it or just using freecycle.org to where or even Craigslist saying, hey, I've got this stuff and it's for free. I want to donate it and people actually come and take your stuff. And it's an amazing process. Things that you haven't used in years are suddenly gone and you feel better because someone will find value in the stuff you don't see as valuable. And honestly, what feels good to sell things, it feels really good to donate it and know that what you don't use is going to a good home or a good classroom. Now, the next pile is the unsure pile. This is stuff that, that just in case items, the just-in-case things to where you're like, "Eh, I don't know if I want to part with these items. The unsure pile or Tupperware container is there just in case. And if you don't actually use a lot of the stuff in the just-in-case or unsure container, get rid of it. And chances are if you really need it or if you regret getting rid of it, you can attain it somehow, some other way. But Generally, from what I have found and other teachers have found stuff that they thought that oh, I might actually use this for next year, they didn't. And so it just sat there. But if it makes you feel emotionally better, have an unsure container to where you're not wanting to part with it. You think you may use it, but it's right there just in case. And if you're not using it after a couple of months have passed, guess what? Chances are it's just going to take up space that the only use it will have in your classroom. Or you can do what The Minimalist did at theminimalist.com, and that's have a packing party. And that's basically pack up everything as if you are changing classrooms or moving to another school. And then keep them in the containers and only pull out things that you actually use. And this is mind-blowing for a lot of minimalists because... It's amazing what actually stays in the containers or stays packed and what little that you actually do use in the classroom. So I find that interesting to where if you're going to be changing classrooms anyway, keep everything boxed up and don't unpack everything and spend hours and hours unpacking and setting up things. Maybe just unpack what you need at that specific time and I think you'll find that there's a lot of things that just stay in the box that you'll never even use. 
some other tips that have helped me in my minimalism journey is I keep my own classroom walls pretty clean and uncluttered. Uh, the school does require us to post some things, but I don't actually do a lot of additional decorating and having clutter just everywhere. I teach a few students with special needs, too, who find cluttered walls make things harder for them, so I avoid putting up too much. And my students submit as much work electronically as possible, and this allows me to keep the paper to a minimum. I basically am on my way to almost being paperless, and doing work electronically is beautiful. Gone are the days of, whose paper is this? Not having names and papers left in lockers or in the hallways or in textbooks or on the floor. People not turning stuff in or saying, I turned it in. Getting work submitted, as much work electronically to you as possible, is amazing and keeps the paper and the clutter down to a bare minimum. No more filing cabinets, no more manila folders in those filing cabinets full of junk that's just taking up space. I don't make a lot of paper copies for things for students, and when I do, I don't really make a lot of extras and only store maybe a single master copy, and generally I use things like Google Docs to where it's stored in the cloud, stored on my computer, and I can just print it out when I need it and have folders on my computer instead of a filing cabinet. I don't go and buy a bunch of workbooks. I instead will use sites like edhelper.com that will allow me to customize worksheets and save them on my computer instead of having a bookshelf full of workbooks that take me forever to find something. I electronically scan my resources and and folders that I've used, maybe that I want to keep in. Basically, I have a lot of electronic files, so I'm no longer devoting space on my desk or in my home or in the classroom. Digital storage is where it's at. It's good for the environment, and it's good for my peace of mind and finding things and good for the classroom in general and keeping it decluttered. Don't retain years' worth of stuff on paper. Just takes up too much space and it's hard to find things when you have tons of stuff anyway. Make sure your digital filing is well organized. Again, Google Drive is an amazing tool. Evernote is another thing that I use and it'll be much easier time finding that thing from three years ago if it's digitalized versus in a bunch of manila folders. Also want to encourage scanning important documents. Maybe those student notes that put a smile on your face that you want to preserve that you'll just stick on a drawer or thumbtack it somewhere or put it in a scrapbook. The power of scanning important documents, maybe pictures or taking pictures of something that a student gave to you that you want to remember but you don't necessarily want to keep that item. Maybe you want to donate it to someone else. Uh, so it's not taking up space. Those are things that I've found great value in. Uh, scanning and taking pictures of mementos so they're not taking up space has brought a lot of value to my classroom and kept it much more clutter-free. So what is minimalist teaching? It's basically getting rid of things you do not use or need, leaving an uncluttered, simple environment and an uncluttered, simple life. A way of basically focusing in on what's really important and not spending time on things that bring no value to our lives. It's easier to clean your room. It's a good example for your kids. It cuts down on the dollars that you spend and the time that you spend on your classroom when there's less clutter. So many benefits to minimalism. Thank you teachers for listening to this and we'll catch you next time.